Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Oh, you guys, Peyton filled me in. It's good. Oh, man, it's good. All right. A Series of Unfortunate Events by Lemony Snicket. Book the Fourth, The Miserable Mill, Chapter 7. So basically... You can't say it. You can't ruin it for them. If you have ever had a miserable experience, then you have probably said it to you... Then it had said to you that you would feel better in the morning. This, of course, is utter nonsense because a miserable experience remains a miserable experience even on the loveliest of mornings. For instance, if it was your birthday and an award removal cream was the only present you received, someone might tell you to get a good night's sleep and wait until morning. But in the morning, the tube of wart removal cream would still be sitting next to you, your uneaten birthday cake, and you would feel as miserable as ever. My chauffeur once told me that I would feel better in the morning, but when I woke up, the two of us were still on a tiny island surrounded by a man-eating crocodiles, and, as I'm sure you can understand, I did not feel any better about it. And so, it was with the Baudelaire orphans. As soon as Foreman Flucatano began clanging his pots together, Klaus opened his eyes and asked where in the world he was, and Violet and Sunny did not feel better at all. What is wrong with you, Klaus? Violet asked. Klaus looked at Violet as if they had only met once, years ago, and he had forgotten her name. I don't know, he said. I'm having trouble remembering things. What happened yesterday? That's what we want to ask you, Klaus, Violet said, but she was interrupted by a rude employer. Get up, you lazy midgets, the foreman Fluctuano shouted, walking over to the Baudelaire's Um, bunk. Actually, don't make fun of short people because they can pick up stones faster. That's true, they can. That's a good one. Walking over to the Baudelaire bunk and clanging his pots again. The lucky smells lumber mill has no time for dawdling. Get out of bed this instant and go straight to work. Klaus's eyes grew very wide and he sat up in bed. In an instant, he was walking towards the door of the dormitory without a word to his sister. What in? That's the spirit, Fluctuano Florman said and clanged his pots together again. Now, everybody to the lumber mill. Violet and Sunny looked at one another and hurried to follow their brother and the other employees, but Violet took one step, with some, but something made her stop. On the floor next to the Baudelaire bunk was Klaus's shoes, which she had removed the night before. Klaus had not even put them on before walking outside. His shoes, Violet said, picking them up. Klaus, you forgot your shoes. She ran after him, but Klaus didn't even look back. By the time Violet reached the door, her brother was walking barefoot across the courtyard. Groomley, Sunny called after him, but he did not answer. Come on, children, Phil said. Let's hurry to the lumber mill. Phil, there's something wrong with my brother, Klaus said. I mean, Violet said, watching Klaus open the door of the lumber mill and, led, and lead the other employees inside. He scarcely has said a word to us, and he doesn't seem to remember anything. And look, he didn't even put his shoes on this morning. Well, look on the bright side, Phil said. We're supposed to finish 
tying today and the next we do the stamping. Stamping is the easiest part of the lumber business. I don't care about the lumber business, Violet cried. Something is wrong with Klaus. Let's not make trouble, Violet, Phil said, and walked off towards the lumber mill. Violet and Sunny looked at one another helplessly. They had no choice but to follow Phil across the courtyard and into the mill. Inside, the string machine was already whirling, and the employees were beginning to tie up the last few batches of boards. Violet and Sunny hurried to get place, a place next to Klaus. For the next few hours, they'd be tying knots and tried to talk to their brother. But it was difficult to speak to him over the whirling of the string machine and the clanging of the foreman Fluctuano's pots. And Klaus never answered them. Finally... The last pile of boards were tied together and Phil turned off the string machine and everybody received their gum. Violet and Sunny grabbed one of Klaus's arms and dragged their bare feet, barefoot brother to the corner of the mill to talk to him. Klaus, Klaus, please talk to me, Violet cried. You're frightening us. You're frightening us. Please tell us what Dr. Orwell did so we can help you. Klaus simply stared at his sister with widened eyes. Ishan, Sunny shrieked. Klaus did not say a word. He did not even put the gum into his mouth. Violet and Sunny sat down beside him, confused and frightened, and put their arms around their brother as though they were afraid he would be floating away. They sat like there like that, the heap of Baudelaire's until Foreman Fluctuano clanged his pots together and the signal to the end to end the break. Stamping time, Foreman Fluctuano said, pushing his stringy white wig out of his eyes. Everyone lined up for stamping. And you, he said, pointing to Klaus, you, the lucky midget, will be operating the machine. Come over here so I can give you instructions. Yes, sir, Klaus said in a quiet voice, and his sisters gasped in surprise. It was the first time he had spoken since they were in the dormitory. Without another word, he stood up and de disentangled himself from his siblings and walked over to Foreman Fluctuano while his sisters looked on amazedly. Violet turned to her baby sister and brushed a small scrap of string out of her hair, something her mother used to do all the time. The eldest Baudelaire remembered, as she had remembered so many times, that she promised she had made the promise she had made to her parents when Sunny was born. You are the eldest Baudelaire child, her, her parents had said, and the eldest will always do your best to be responsible and look after your younger siblings. Promise that you will always watch out for them and make sure that they don't get into trouble. Violet knew, of course, that her parents had never guessed when they told her this, that there would be the sort of trouble, all the sort of trouble that her siblings would get into, would be so ostentatiously a word here which means really really horrendous but still she felt as if she had let her parents down klaus was clearly in trouble and violet could not shake the feeling that it was her responsibility to get him out of it foreman fluctuana whispered something to klaus who walked slowly over to the machine and covered in smokestacks and began operating its controls Foreman Fluctuano nodded at Klaus as he clanged his bots together again. Let's get stamping, he said in his terrible muffled voice. The Baudelaire's had no idea what Foreman Fluctuano meant by stamping. And though maybe it 
involved jumping up and down on the boards for some reason. Like, like stamping on ants. But it turned out to be more like stamping a library book. The workers would lift a bundle of boards and place it on a special map, and the machine would bring a huge flat stone down on the top of the boards in a thunderous stamp, leaving a label of red ink that said, Lucky Smells Lumber Mill. Then everyone had to blow the stamp so it dried quickly. Violet and Sunny couldn't help wondering if the people who would make their tiny houses out of these boards would mind having the same, the name of lumber mills written on the walls of their homes. But more importantly, they couldn't help but wondering how Klaus, how Klaus, wondering how Klaus knew how to work the stamping machine and why Foreman Fluctuano was having their brother take control instead of Phil or one of the other employees. You see, Phil's told Baudelaire's sister from across the bundle of boards, there's nothing wrong with Klaus. He's just working the machine perfectly. You spent all that time worrying for nothing. Stamp! Maybe, Violet said doubtedly, blowing the M on the lumber mill. And I told you that stamping here was the easiest part of the lumber mill industry, Phil said. Stamp! Your lips get a little sore from all the blowing, but that's all. Wiro said Sunny, which meant something like, that's true, but I'm still worried about Klaus. That's the spirit, Phil said, misunderstanding her. I told you that if you looked on the bright side, stamp, crash, ah, Phil fell to the floor and mid-sentence, his face pale and sweaty, all of the terrible noises here at Lucky Smells Lumber Mill, this one was the most terrible by far. The thunderous stamping sound had been cut off by a wrenched crash and piercing shriek. The stamping machine had gone terribly wrong, and the huge flat stone had not been brought down where it was supposed to be brought down on the bundle of boards. Most of the stone had been brought down by the string machine, which was now hopelessly smashed, but the part of it had been brought down on Phil's leg. Foreman Fluctuano dropped his pots and ran over to the control of the stamping machine, pushed the dazed Klaus aside with a flip of the switch and brought the stone up again, and everyone gathered to see the damage. The cage part of the string machine was split open like an egg, and the string had become completely entwined and entangled. And I simply cannot describe the grotesque and unnerving sight. The word here, grotesque and unnerving here, mean twisted and tangled, stained and, and, and gory of Phil's poor leg. It made Violet and Sunny's stomach turn to gaze upon it. But Phil looked up and gave them a weak smile. Well, he said, this isn't too bad. My left leg is broken, but at last, at least I'm right-legged, so that's pretty fortunate. Gee, one of the other employees murmured, I thought he'd say something much more along the lines of, ah, my leg, my leg. If someone could just help me get, get to my foot, Phil said, I'm sure that I can get back to work. Don't be ridiculous, Violet said. You need to go to the hospital. Yes, Phil, said another worker. We have those coupons from last month. 50% off a cast at the, Ahab, at the Ahab Memorial Hospital. Two of us will chip in and get your leg all fixed up. I'll call for an ambulance right away. Phil smiled. That's very kind of you, he said. That is a disaster, Foreman Fluctuano shouted. This is the worst accident in the history of lumber mill. No, no, Phil said. It's fine. I've never liked my leg that much anyways. Not your leg, you overgrown midget, Foreman Fluctuano said impatiently. 
the string machine. Those cost an inordinate amount of money. What does inordinate mean, somebody asked. It means many things, Klaus said, suddenly blinking. It can mean irregular, it can mean immoderate. It can also mean disorderly, but in this case of money, it is more likely excessive. Form and fluctuano means that the string machine costs a lot of money. The two Baudelaire sisters looked at one another and almost laughed in relief. Klaus, Violet said, you're definitely, you're defining things. Klaus looked at his sisters and gave them a sleepy smile. I guess I am, he said. Nijimo, Sunny shrieked, which probably meant something along the lines of, you appear to be back to normal again. And she was right. Klaus blinked again and then looked at the mess that he had caused. What happened here? He asked, frowning. Phil, what happened to your leg? Oh, it's perfectly all right, Phil said, just wincing in pain as he tried to move it. It's just a little sore. You mean you don't remember what happened, Violet asked? What happened when? Klaus asked, frowning. Why, look, I'm not even wearing any shoes. Well, I certainly remember what happened, Foreman Fluctuano shouted, pointing to Klaus. You smashed our machine. Hmm, how many more pages do we have? Oh, good. You smashed our machine, sir. Oh, nope. Hold on. Turn the right page. You smashed our machine, and I will tell sir about this right away. You've put a complete halt to this stamping process, and nobody will earn a single coupon today. That's not fair, Violet said. This was an accident, and Klaus should have never been put in charge of that machine. He didn't know how to use it. Well, he'd better learn, Foreman Fluctuano said. Now pick, pick up my pots, Klaus. Klaus went over to pick up the pots, but halfway down... Foreman Fluctuano stuck his foot out, playing the same trick he had played the previous day, and I'm sorry to tell you that it worked just as well. And Klaus fell right to the ground again at the lumber mill, and again his glasses fell off his face, skittered across a bundle of boards, and worst of all, once again they became twisted and cracked and hopelessly broken like my friend Tatiana's sculptures. My glasses, Klaus cried, my glasses are broken again. Violet got a funny feeling in her stomach all quivery and slithery as if he had eaten snakes rather than gum during the lunch break. Are you sure, she asked Klaus. Are you sure you can't wear them? I'm sure, Klaus said miserably, holding them up for Violet to see. Well, 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 Foreman Fluctuano said. How careless of you. I guess you're due for another appointment with Dr. Orwell. Well, don't want to bother him. We don't want to bother him, Violet said quickly. If you give me some basic supplies, I'm sure we can build up some glasses myself. No, no, said the foreman, his surgical mask curling in a frown. You'd better leave some optometry leave optometry to the experts. Just say goodbye to your brother. Oh, no, Violet said desperately. So she thought again and promised that she made to her parents, We'll take him, Sonny, and I will bring him to Dr. Orwell. Derek, Sonny shrieked, which meant something along the lines of, If we can't prevent him going to Dr. Orwell's, at least we can, we can go with him. Well, all right, said Dr. Fluctuano, and his beady little eyes were even darker than usual. That's a good idea, come to think of it. Why don't you all three just go see Dr. Orwell? Paper? Oh, she's asleep. Creepy, creepy. Dr. Orwell seems like a real bad meanie guy. Hmm. <laughs>